Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Hey guys, it's Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for everyone who got in touch about the Chris Rear episode last week. Uh, I think we were doing some of our finest work on social media, our meme game was strong and by our mean game i mean our terrible fucking stuff that we put out on uh, on social media if you're not following us uh, take a look yeah, i can only apologize uh, on the subject of apologies krista wants to extend his uh, apology for this episode he had a bit of a cold uh, you can hear it quite a bit on the recording so uh, yeah if you think that krista sounds weird uh, and you're used to him being from northern ireland then yeah that's the reason why he's he's weird this week uh okay what else has been going on in life i've uh, i've just spent the last two days emptying uh, the garage at the bottom of my garden um it was a fucking nightmare i swear to god it was one of the worst things i've ever done uh but that means that we do now have space where we're going to build a podcast studio so we might be able to get the sound quality better uh yeah that's fun as always, this podcast is brought to you by On The Edge Comedy. On The Edge Comedy is the best new act, new material night in Brighton, taking place on the first and third Fridays of every month at the Caroline of Brunswick pub. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, On The Edge Comedy. Tickets are available from We Got Tickets and Skittle and some of the other vendors as well, I believe. This week we have Ben Pope headlining. I love Ben Pope. He's been gigging with us for years. He's a fucking great act. Really enjoy him. Uh, if you're in the Brighton area, come down and check us out. Uh, what else can I tell you? Um, yeah, so this week we're talking about the uh, the Farms album, Spartacus. Uh, that's, I don't know what you can hear what we had to say about it going in there. But yeah, it's uh, certainly another interesting episode, let's put it that way. Um, so guys, uh, with no further ado, I'm going to crack on. Uh, take care, enjoy the episode, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome to episode seven of season two of Pop Collaborate and Listen. I'm Dave Fensom. I'm Krista Greer. Here with Waffles the Dog. All right, Waffles, mate. You all right, mate? He's still the night behind you. Chilling out. Is he all right? Yeah, he's fine. Wonderful stuff. Guys, uh, we're here to talk to you about the Farms album, the debut album, Spartacus. Not actually their debut. Oh, is it not their debut? No. Uh, I thought it was. Oh, they had another one before this, did they? This is their fifth. Are you fucking around? Apparently so. How? I can't find any details about any of the others, but they're all like self-released ones. But yes, it's the fifth. This is the first major one. But... Oh, yeah, but that's like when someone releases a book on Amazon, though, isn't oh, yeah, it? Probably, yeah. Everyone assumes it's the debut because it was the only one that, that no one knew anything before. Huh? Unless you lived in Liverpool. Yeah, man. Look, look, they had fucking albums like We've Got a Fucking TV Show. Right, sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've released... Uh, 22 albums so far exactly onto the the world wide web all of them full of the most wonderful definitely not copyrighted material absolutely not thanks uh, for not 
suing us anyone yet. Yeah, it's going to happen. At some point, this is all going to get taken down. Yeah, enjoy it while you can, fuckers. I think we're covered. I think we're okay. I, I'm saying this for legal reasons. I think that we are legally okay, and I believe that with all my heart. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, I like the look in your eyes there as well. Like Steely Gaze. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Steely Gaze is one of my favourite bands as well. Yeah, yeah, they're one of my favourites. <laughs> The Steely Dan tribute band. <laughs> Steely Gay sounds like a, a group of homosexual bikers. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all look homosexual yeah, yeah. anyway. The gay, the gay, the, the Steely Gays bikers on acid. Um, no, right, no. that's okay. too much. Okay, so uh, we start always with the album cover. Right, yeah, the album cover for this is pretty silly, if you ask me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's trying to be like a riff on uh, washing powder box, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's it's almost like pop art. There. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's, you know, it's a pop art thing. It's that whole kind of appropriating a logo type thing. I mean, it's very cheaply done. Isn't it? It looks like it's been done on WordPad. Yeah, it, and it looks like it's been done by someone's cousin yeah. as a project in fifth form. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, this is, a, I reckon this is done on a Nimbus I don't even know what that is. It was the kind of computers that we had at my school. Oh, I see. You could run uh, rudimentary desktop publishing on them. You know, the type of things where you'd go into the computer room mm. and there'd be some of that paper that's all joined together and it's got holes down there. Oh, yeah, end, absolutely. And someone had done like a banner on it. And it was like, oh, it it'd say printing. like the computer room, it would say. Or nice. Science lab or... Something futuristic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, for, for, suppose, for whatever, 91, this is March yeah. 91. Maybe maybe this was something they thought looked kind of new and and a bit you know not futuristic, that's not the word, but it was it wasn't the classic album here's a band album cover or anything like that. I think it was done like with a budget of fuck all in mind. Well that's, that's yeah. the thing, because like I say, this was apparently their fifth album release. Right. right? And they the they formed in nineteen eighty three. And uh, they were doing stuff right throughout for various, a couple of different iterations of members, but always the core of Peter Hutton, the singer, and, you know, uh, I think Keith, one of them. There was about three or four of them were always in the band. Right. And then there was a few different bits came in and out. And for this to be their their breakthrough, that's some dogged perseverance. Yeah. Because they they had a single in 1990, which was a cover of The Monkey's Stepping Stone, and that was the first thing that got them noticed by kind of the music press in a big way because it was produced by this guy, Terry Farley, who was a dance producer at yep. the time. And so it crossed over into that indie dance thing, mm-hmm. which is then obviously what this album was predicated on. Yep. And it it just means that they had been doing stuff for years and years and years to fuck all, to absolutely no audience. And then this is their final... Maybe just let's have a go, and it this worked for them, and so they did this. Yeah, so I mean that's a great narrative, mm-hmm. you know. The idea, you know, the the idea, and I think the thing that's put is jo- jobbing band, yeah, yeah, finds their sound, yep, uh, and creates, you know, kind of a, a, a smash hit record, yeah. And that is a great narrative, and I'm predisposed to like that. So you know, I'm okay, interested yeah. going in, sure, okay, to this good record story. to see where it goes. It's a good story. Um, yeah, I, like, I mean, I like the story. So should we? Um, we, I mean, did you have a relationship with this record at the time? At the time, not the album, really. I yeah. absolutely knew the band because uh, I did hear Stepping Stone whenever it was released. Uh, someone put that on a tape for me in 1990. And I really enjoyed that, actually. I think it's a good version of it. Well, I had never heard the original song at that okay. point. And I really liked that thing. And it was, it's pr- I mean, we're probably going to be saying the phrase indie dance a lot throughout this Oh, uh, yeah. Podcast. I mean, I certainly, I had to stop myself writing it. Yeah, indeed. But... 
the the stepping stone, the Terry Farley production on that is really you know dead on center target of indie dance. It's got the the uh, sort of shuffling dance beat with jangly guitars and. It's a monkey song, so it's a bit of a pop thing anyway. And so I was, in essence, uh, interested in the farm at that point, and I remember Groovy Train coming out. I remember mm-hmm. being uh, a fan of that at the time, because it ticked all my boxes. I was a 15-year-old, you know, really liking this new thing that was, well, very new to me anyway. I hadn't been into the dance culture stuff three years earlier. Yeah. I was getting into indie at this point, and so this was brand new to me. This, okay. this this melding of the two, and there was other bands doing it as well. But this groovy train, I remember coming out and going, "Yeah, I like this." So I knew those ones. I didn't really know the album. I have a feeling I had a copy of it in cassette, and didn't really listen to it. Yeah, I mean, I think Groovy Train was like you know, I mean, I'm at the point in my life that I'm recording songs that I like off the top ten. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, listening to the top ten every week, yeah. pressing play on, record on the thing, so I've got the song, sure. listening back to it. And this is probably a song that I'd have recorded off the top ten at the time, Groovy Train. Right. Uh, I probably liked that at the time. Yeah. And obviously I remember, like, no, uh, uh, Altogether Now was everywhere. I well, that, that was a, a, a huge hit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I remember that, but I mean, I I wouldn't have thought about buying the track. And I remember seeing it really striking on the shelves. Oh, it was yeah. really big, bright primary colours. It well, did suppose, stand out on the rack. That racket. is a good point. You know, when we're talking about the, uh, the artwork maybe being a bit naff or a bit simple, it did its job. Well, as well, it was markedly different. You know, when you think about like that Chris Rear album from last week, where it's, you know, this really old fashioned oil painting. Yeah. You got that next to this. And this looks like the That's modern, true. exciting yeah, record. That, this, this looks is... like the, the something new kind of thing. Much in the way that that Jesus Jones album did. Very true. You yeah. Know, we, 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 talk, we talked about that at the time, didn't we? Yeah. That it was just very different and emblematic of a new, interesting, exciting group rather than the, the big stalwarts of the charts at the time exactly it's big and it's colorful and it's bold and it was yeah. you know speaking to youth culture of the time you know yeah yeah definitely that so definitely. yeah okay well look, let's uh let's crack on with the first track first track is called hearts and minds hearts and minds so this is track one okay so we're starting off with some like movie type samples yeah this is very 90s Oh, very much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the samples are from... Uh, let me find my note here. Uh, from Once Upon a Time in America and Taxi Driver. Yeah. So, again, they're trying to create a mood with that. See, this to me... Sounds a bit like World of My Eyes by Depeche Mode. Oh, I see, yeah. But without any of the... Okay. When, when we talked about that Depeche Mode stuff, we talked about how interesting the sound design was. Yeah. Yeah, there's this, so much going on, and this is ju- uh, this is not that. No, uh, this is uh, you know. No, but I see what you mean, but there there is uh, they're going for that kind of a menacing, uh, downtrodden, yeah. a bit somber sound on on the, this verse at least. When it gets to the chorus, it all changes and goes mm. upbeat and major keys. Yeah, but you know, I see what you're saying. That the comparison is it's like a a primary school version of the best road. See, now this, right, the, the problem with me for this song is that chorus is so fucking insipid. Oh, yeah, I think the chorus, I think it changes the whole song, and I don't like where it takes it. No, it's... Uh, obviously, the I'd say the closest thing that we've talked about on the podcast so far is, like, Jesus Jones. Sure. Obviously, it, you know, it it's, it's shares some DNA with that in terms yeah. of it's picking up on... 
um, you know, kind of things in the dance music culture, molding yeah. it with that indie sound. Yeah. But whereas that Jesus Jones stuff sounded urgent and vital, this doesn't to me somehow. This just no. sounds, I don't know, man. It, it, like, it seems a bit route one. It seems everything. Every, pedestrian. Uh, yeah, it's very pedestrian. I think the other. I think the issue with this album is that. The fu- well, actually, let me just play a little bit because this is a re-recording of their very, very first single. Okay. Right? So they released this. They released a song in 1984 um, called "Hearts and Minds," which was uh, actually this album as well is produced by Suggs and two of the House Martins. None of that makes me confident. No, but it, uh, it, the original single was also produced by Suggs. So it seems like they've had an in with Madness for forever, and they toured with the House Martins in 1987. So they've got. They're all buddies lacking to produce, but the difference this time is they've got this guy Terry Farley, who's a dance producer. Yeah. Right. So let me just let me play a little bit, and again, this is just on YouTube, so I'll f- find it on here of uh, of the original version of Hearts and Minds. So where where is a normal producer would take risks? Do you think that for Terry Farley took Rusks? Oh my lord! I, I saw that coming like a millisecond before you said it, and I was like, oh no, please, no, no. Well, you started this. Yeah. Well, okay. As I like so to th- say, this is the original version, right? Well, that's better. Yeah. I mean, it's, obviously, it sounds like an 80s song because it is 84. It sounds a little bit kind of special AKA. Got the horns in there, mm-hmm. a bit of the beat, the staff thing. Maybe even a little bit Gang of Four. Well, that sounds much better to me. Right. And so, and it's also, it, to be honest, this is a very different song. The, even the lyrics are all changed. They've only really kept that hearts and minds bit of the chorus. So they've completely redone it for this album. But this sounds like this sounds like a band who are in charge of their sound and are doing what they want. Stop this now. I just get the impression, and I think we're probably gonna come back to this again over and over in this album, that the band have gone, here's what we have, here's what we do. Yeah. And Terry Farley, the dance producer, has gone, right, yeah, I'm gonna scrap half of it. And I'm going to do my thing with it, with half of it, and it doesn't sound like this is the farm. I don't think that is the farm sound. What we heard on this single, right? I yeah. think that is half of their sound and half a dance producer putting his stamp on it. Well, yeah, I mean, entirely possibly. I just I don't think. You know, I watched a couple of live videos uh, of the farm in back in the nineties, and one when they did Reformation two thousand four. And when they do their songs live, it doesn't sound necessarily like the album versions we're listening to. It sounds like more of a band. Still pretty pedestrian, if I'm honest, because the tunes are kind of stayed. But it doesn't sound like the trying-to-be-indie-dancing that this album is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I found very little to like in this song, Hearts and Minds. Yeah? Uh, I, I, well, I found really nothing to like in it. Oh, see, all right, I must admit, I kind of like that intro i kind of like the verse bit of this where it is a little bit minor key it's a bit uh foreboding or whatever it is i like that i don't like the chorus i think the chorus lets it down i think it takes it into uh uh, well here's just a a standard chant along non-tune for me but i like the start of it i was confused as well as the lyrics you know who are the plastic gangsters and two-bit hoods who knows 
Who are those? I mean, I'm assuming that's why they put in the samples from those films as well, because they're talking about, uh, what is it, dirty politicians, drugs and prostitution. So I don't know whether it's something to do with Liverpool in 1990, whether they're railing against organised crime or something like that. Well, I mean, the, the thing that... Uh, it's all a bit six-form poetry for me. Yes. And that is, you know... Absolutely. I mean, and I I mean, I, I didn't know they'd been going for as long as they had. I presumed that this was a band in a very formative stage of... Yeah. But perhaps it's the influence of ecstasy. I think... I, I've got a couple of notes throughout this that I think this is a band who just discovered drugs and maybe had a summer in Ibiza and kind of forgot how to do everything else. Well, you know, and that's in step with their audience because that's True. what a lot of the people who bought this record would have been doing. Oh, absolutely. But anyway, all right. Well, so, uh, and talking about lyrics, right, because there's a few times I'm going to come back to quite bad lyrics. Yeah. And the one that annoyed me in this is, I mean, there are, there are kind of bad lyrics in terms of this is just obvious and you, you've written this without thinking. Yeah. But the very first line of this, uh, what they promised will now come true don't tell me, yeah, you should have knew. I mean, that's just bad grammar to make a rhyme, and you shouldn't do that. Well, I, I mean, okay. Well, that brings us into the that brings us into whether you're right to speak in you're, whether you're writing in regional dialects. I'm pretty sure even Scousers would know that it's, you should have known. Even Scousers, exactly. mate. Dial that back. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, mate! Look, look let's. Uh, hey, let's... They've, they've got their own patois. That's fine. Well, says the fucking Northern Irish. There's the Mick over here. But... <laughs> the Mick. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but no, they've they've deliberately done uh, incorrect grammar so that this line rhymes, and you shouldn't be allowed to do that. I don't. I I I have a feeling that they don't give a shit, and I'm. You're not going to change anyone's mind, but. Fuck off, man! That's if, you, if you're not if you're not picked you, up Bob. on this if you're not picked up on this before in a podcast, Krista is a fucking grammar Nazi. <laughs> I think, and yes, I said an grammar Nazi yeah, just to dick. fuck with you. So that annoyed me right from the start. I don't think they needed to do that. You, they could have written a different line. Well, they could have written less words, couldn't they? Oh, fuck you! Fuck you. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, Made me laugh. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I think with you. I probably like this more than you because I liked the intro and I liked the verse. But overall, it's not a good song. I insipid. Yeah. Uh, insipid is the word I wrote down, and it's fair. what I come back to. That's fair. Uh, yeah, not a lot of fun. Number no. two. How right. long? How long? Oh, it's got an eastern flavour. Oh, always. Okay, this is got a bigger riff to it. Well, I suppose it's more of an actual riff rather than the feel of the, the last one. And I mean, another really big drum beat at the front of yeah. the mix. Yeah, I mean, I, I've written here, I don't think the production's dated very well in this. The yeah. way that everything, again, like the where everything is put together in the mix for it. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of jangly indie. It's got a yeah, again, it recalls a little bit of that in Spiral Carpets, right, I would sure. say. Yeah. Um, it's more fun than right. it's more fun than the last song. Okay, yeah, but it's, it's absolutely more upbeat and, you know, just yeah. kind of keeps on going. There's a kind of a break in the middle, which is, yeah, I mean, yeah, is, is enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm. This is, for me, this is a much better song. And, and lyrically, it's, yeah. it's quite interesting because it's obviously it's a song about the, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yes, it is, yeah. So obviously that's in the process of happening... 
Yeah, yeah. It started uh, end of eighty nine and still going on yeah. throughout this time period. It's, it's uh, coming down bit by bit, and the re- reunification began. Whatever, nineteen ninety. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, really fucking good knowledge of the fall it's, of the uh, Berlin Wall there. Mate, off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but I think, because it is, it's about that, it's about hope, and it's about, you know, how long will it take for the rest of the world to catch up, and why can't it be, you know, why can't everyone start tearing down the walls between each other? This yeah. sort of stuff, that's the idea behind it. But I still think it's pretty facile lyrics. Oh, and of course, I mean, it's, it's very common of this kind of rave era where everyone's kind of, you know, banging a pill and going, oh, fucking, we all love each other. And oh, it's, yeah. You know, it's a minute before you realise that the next day all your fucking serotonin's gone and <laughs> you hate everyone, including yourself. Right, sure. You know, but it's, you know, that kind of optimism that came out of this, you know, it's a productive mm-hmm. thing. It's, a, you know, yeah. I mean, I was too young to really understand that whole thing that mm. for me at that point but that's the whole thing that that dance scene was important for that that kind of brief unification of youth culture right sure uh i think and you know that i think that did have cultural impact i would agree with that yeah mm. I, I do feel a little churlish criticizing this song for some of the the bad bits about it because mm. it's got good intentions and it is it's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a lovely thought and it's you know, hey, uh, everyone's wicked. Come on, come on around. Let's have a, a good time and everyone be friends. Well, I mean, I think in the grand but, scheme of but. this, I think in the grand scheme of this record, this is one of the higher points. Oh, do you? I, uh, hmm. Maybe. maybe? Yeah. Like, that's, that's a, a Yeah, and that's phrase. a very subjective thing. Yeah, we'll, sure. And we'll, we'll, we'll move through this. Right? Okay. Yeah, just like the, the, the words, just so, uh, you know, people can get an idea of why I'm picking up on some of the lyrics here. I've noted... The, I think it's the first verse. It's like ivory towers and those meaningless words recited by people like a well-known verse. We're into the 90s and the pain goes on. Listen to the people with their freedom songs. It's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a lovely thought. Well, well done for, you know, writing a song about this. But that is pure sixth form lyric. Oh, of course it is, mate. Yeah, and is. this is it. And Peter Hutton, he's got to be close to 30, if not 30 by this mm-hmm. point. And yeah, he's still writing these words. Well, you know, he's maybe maybe written it when he's had a couple of beans. Oh, I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure. And I think as well, because this was released on a very small label, they probably, and it's like Suggs producing, and uh, it's Stan Collymore and Paul Heaton from the House Martins producing, right? Stan Collymore? Collymore. Oh, Collymore. Collymore, yeah. Uh, they're, they're producing, and they probably are like, yeah, mate, you do what you want. They're not standing there like a major label producer going, this could be better, guys. You need you need to tweak this. They're just like, yeah, fuck it, go for it. I tell you what, years ago when I worked uh, when I worked for Vauxhall on the phones, yes, right, doing the customer service, we had Stan Collymore's mum phone up and really kick off. Oh no! And she was giving it the full. Do you know who I am? Really? Do you know who my son is? Well, do you know who I am? No. No. Do you know who my son is? Yes. I was like, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I knew he was. I mean, I was like, yeah, is he the one that beat up Ulrika Johnson? <laughs> I, I, Allegedly, I obviously didn't say that. <laughs> no, oh, no, I think he was, was he not convicted for I'm that? I'm not sure. I, mean, I don't care. It's too. It's long ago. Yeah, true enough. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't, that, that's not wrong. I, I, obviously, if he did beat up Arika Johnson, I do. Oh, you care, care, but yeah, you don't care about insulting him. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, this is yeah. There's again. And I doubt he's listening. I, I think we'd be surprised. Wait, was he from Liverpool? Is he a Liverpool yeah, yeah. I mean, well, basically, if, if you are... Was he in the farm if, if, if you're a Premiership or ex-Premiership football player and you're listening to this podcast, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, true. Get someone else to show you how to work the internet yeah. and get in contact. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got, got very little else to say about that. I, I've got nothing I was, else to say about it. Uh, you know, slightly just nonplussed with that one. 
I must admit. I liked it better than the first one. Okay, I'm the other way around. Okay, uh, number three, Sweet Inspiration. Dance beat again. I mean, is it? Have all these songs got the same beats? Almost. They yeah. really do. It's, it's like there's a preset button that they just use. Exactly that. Yeah. I mean, this is such cookie cutter indie that it's, it just seems anonymous to me. Yeah. Yeah. This this is you know a band. This sounds like you heard Manchester bands, and you're like, we can do that, and knock this out in an afternoon. I mean, what the, the vocal is. Daltifyingly tone deaf. Oh, it's so out of tune in this. Like, yeah. staggeringly. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I had absolutely no fun listening to this song at no. all. And it's five and a half minutes long. This, 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 fuck me. Sorry. Just. Oh my god. I mean, like that. How do you put that on now? Well, it's like Sean Ryder without any of the fucking. Personality, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of John Ryder's personality either. I must admit, no. but 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 he can carry a fucking Happy Monday song when he needs to. It, they, yeah, there's there's something about that and the swagger he yeah, has that exactly. carries it through, even though he can't sing a fucking note. Oh no! But yeah, this doesn't seem to have anything. No. To, I thought this was almost like comedically out of tune. There's a breakdown in this, yeah, and it's I think it's about four and a half minutes, right? And it just reminds... Do you remember that song, Hey Matthew, by Carol, Carol Fiolka? Fiolka. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. It's like... Hang on. This bit. Oh, that little piano yeah. bit, right? Yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Spaceships. Lion bars. Alphabet. Okay. Uh, Strongmen. <laughs> Mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> Another classic list song. <laughs> oh. That was a shit song, wasn't it? I loved it at the time, mate. Oh, so I did I. Every, every top of the pops that came on, I was like, oh, this, they played this put, one. This put, 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 put a bit of this in the I'll, I'll drop it in, Um, Mr. Fialka is still living off the, you know, the royalties of that one song. Well, I would imagine it bought him a fucking good bit of. Was he from Poland? Not sure. Carol Fialka, but like, it's, it sounds Eastern European, Definitely doesn't does. it? And, and and now, if it's not Poland, I sound like a racist. Yeah. <laughs> and it's anyway. The point of this song is it's so fucking long. It's outstayed its welcome yeah. immediately, and it kicks about. It's the longest song on the record. Isn't it's, it? it's stupidly long and terribly out of tune. No actual tuned to it uh, for the yeah. instrumentation and is it about Nelson Mandela because the, the, oh, the, the, I don't know it's like the lyrics is every day you spend in captivity every day you're denied your liberty you were always searching for a better way always searching for a brighter day which again those are awful lyrics oh yeah that is dog shit lyrics hmm. and I wonder if this is just oh we've got to write a song about someone we admire it's like a school project write a song about someone you admire Oh, Nelson yeah. Mandela, that'll do. Write a song about issues. Yeah, like Phil Collins. <laughs> so this is, 
another one. Why is this on an album? This is very, very basic and no fun Look, at all. This, uh, there is no quality control on this record at all. These, no. this album sounds, you know, and I appreciate that this is not. This is recorded outside of the studio system. Mm-hmm. It's recorded on an indie level. Part of that is the, you know, the kind of DIY aspect. But yeah. you've got to have a quality control in that environment. And a yeah. lot of this stuff sounds like someone's jammed through a song, recorded it, and fucking got that. Will do. There's a lot of that will but do without on this doubt. record. Without a doubt. I think what happened was they released that Stepping Stone in 1990, right? Mm-hmm. So that got them some interest. They started working with Terry Farley. They released Groovy Train in August 1990. Yeah. I think it was. That was a hit. That was, you know, a top 10 single. Mm-hmm. And they got a groundswell. They got a load of probably Enemy and Melody Maker coverage off it. And they were, fuck, right, we need to release an album yeah. on the back of, of this rushed it through as fast as they could because they needed to have something while the wave was still carrying them forward. Sure. And they got to a point where like, okay, well, these songs are the ones we have. We need to put this out. I suspect that's what happened. Quite possibly either that or everyone's so fucking addled that this stuff sounds great. Well, yeah, that's also... And they probably... Mate, it was 1991. You stick a fucking huge drum beat over something... They probably thought it sounded brilliant. Well, you know, that's what they call the CGI effect, isn't it? I say what they call it, what I'm calling the CGI okay, effect. Right. You know, like you know, when you first see Independence Day and it looks amazing. Sure. And now you go back and you look at it now and it's like, oh, that looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that whole thing you just you it, it because it's new, it sounds good. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and then you look go back and you go, Oh no, that was Oh, terrible. I see why they did that and it's really bad. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. See also new metal. Well, <laughs> quite. Yeah. Well, yeah. All this... of new metal. Anyway, right. Okay. So let's. We mentioned Groovy Train just then. Yes. Okay. So, so this. Is, so let's. This is track number four. Groovy Train. This was obviously the big lead single. Indeed. Right. I think everyone. Hopefully, everyone who's listening knows this one because this was big. We'll play the bit of this. That's a very memorable yeah. guitar intro there. Super, super simple. People will go like straight away. You're like, I know that. And this was very catchy. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, it's really definitely catchy. catchy. This is the big indie dance floor song. Oh, I, that's definitely. Whenever I was going to indie clubs, probably, probably 91, 92, this was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. This, had long, this had long legs as well. I mean, you, know, you know, I was hearing this in 94. Probably. Oh, totally. It was one of those ones like the Charlotte and the only one I know, and yeah. James Sit Down, etc., that carried through. The, the interesting thing, this listening back to it, because I say I'd have probably liked this at the time, yeah. I got nothing from this on a re-listen. Oh, really? I, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I, I, don't think I don't think this has aged well at all. Okay. Interesting. I I will agree I don't think it's aged well, but because I had such a relationship with that at the time... Hmm. You got nostalgia. I got nostalgia on my side. Yeah, see, I, I expected to. I was like, because, mm-hmm. you know, going into this record, I was... You know, I was kind of looking forward to hearing this. I thought, okay, well, this certainly won't be as bad as some of the other stuff we've had. Sure. Because, you know, it's, you know, indie and it's, you know, kind of, yeah. you know, kind of little counterculture. Fresh. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, like, I, I was thinking, okay, well, I got to track three uh, mm. and I was like, oh, I've not really liked these. Yeah. I particularly disliked a couple of them. And I was expecting, okay, well, this one will kind of, this will be a high point. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, no, I don't like this at all. Oh, that's a shame. 
Yeah. I, wonder, do you think it would I mean, be I don't, I don't hate it, but, no. I, but I, I don't have any affection for it whatsoever. I see. Do you think it would have been different if they'd put Groovy Traders track one? And you'd gone in on that, and so you're instantly, okay, I'm back, back there. Then it'll take you down with, you know, the other stuff. I don't know. But, but I, do you think I, the first I, I, three have I, led you to go, oh, bugger? I mean, possibly. I don't I don't mm. know. But, I mean, no. I, I, I can't, yeah. I, I won't say why now, but. Okay. The, 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 you don't I think, just, you think it, it's uh, an objective. Yeah, I just, I just don't think there's enough to the tune. It's, you know, it's got that kind of like that hooky, kind of catchy little bit to it. Yep. But it doesn't give any more than that. It's once it started, you know, you, you've kind of got the chorus and so you've got the verse and then the chorus. Yeah, yep. And it gives nothing else. There's nothing else to that song. There's no. Not, there's no memorable middle eight in it. No. There's no, you know, it's not like I can't see myself kind of hitting that beat where I'm gonna, I'm really gonna be dancing at that and enjoying myself. Yeah. In you know, in the same way that Charlotte's track, I know anyone I know, yeah, I, I never loved it at the time, but it rem, it instantly puts me back and it puts me in a happy mood for that. Sure, place. yeah, no, I remember when we did that that episode. Yeah, you were like, okay, now this is the one I remember. Yeah, I like and it this still. is, a, I mean, it's a great song, but because it, it's well put together and stuff. And I just, oh, well, I don't, a mu- that's a much better song than this. Yeah, but I, and I just, I, and that's the thing. I think yeah. this is too, too slight to okay. be to be anything other I, than. I can't argue with that at all. This, this is almost novelty. No one exactly. This is like, almost like novelty indie. Exactly really. that. This yeah. is. I put this in the same category, not as bad as, mm. but I sort it in the same category as like that candy flip song. Oh, I see. Right. You okay. Know, where it's like, okay, yeah. this is this is something that you can do. It's something that's you, you know, I mean, you know, I've got I've got plenty of skeletons in my musical closet for stuff like this, where mm. it's just you know, like man, like dog eat dog. Oh, of course. Like New York hardcore and stuff like that. I, I, you know, it was novelty. It was like kind of mi- mixing hardcore with with rap and I was yeah. bang into it like a couple of years after that and I look back at that now and it's mostly terrible sure I mean I, now you're saying the candy flip thing um, I remember this being on a compilation album and I think it was just called Rave or Rave On or something like that mm. at the time. and I've found out since that it was not a hugely influential compilation because yeah. it was songs that everyone knew already it wasn't introducing new stuff to anyone mm-hmm. but it was a collection that a lot of people had and yeah. it was a little uh, snapshot, right? And it had Groovy Train on it. It had an Inspiral Carpet song that I can't remember. But it also had Northside's Shall We Take a Trip, which is yeah. the one that's like LSD, yeah. novelty. And it, I think it had... Did it have a D-Mob featuring Gary Heisman? We call it acid. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it was all indie rather than rave is the right. thing. It was, they called it rave, but it was all Manchester indie. Mm. And it had other kind of lightweight, uh, very poppy indie tunes of the time yeah i think it also had um a stone roses dragon maybe a happy monday's one but there were de- it was definitely more weighted towards the lighter end of the whole indie spectrum mm-hmm. and so it, it probably it does it that you're right that it's lumped in with that side of things rather than anything cool this is not cool oh no it was it was fun at the time and i had a great time dancing around to it and singing along but yeah it was never cool Nah. I'll tell you if you if you want to see not cool, watch the video for this. Because it is uh, uh, outrageously bad. Is it on a white background? No, no. It's it's um it starts off with a sunset in Ibiza and some people dancing like bears in the foreground. Right. Like uh, in silhouette. But then the bulk of it uh so it cuts away and the bulk of it is shows the whole band at a fairground in Southport going on a train ride mostly, like groovy train. 
and it's driven by an actor from Brookside. Oh, well, fuck I, I know. And then they're miming along and they're singing and they also go, go a little bit on the beach and this sort of shit. It's dog shit awful and they are, by furlongs, the worst acting band I think I've ever seen. Wow. They are, they look so uncomfortable to be on camera, hmm. they can't mime, they, you know, they probably think that they're doing okay in their, their dancing and, you know, faking a drum beat and it's terrible. Well, and you've seen Spice World the movie. I have not, but... Have you not? God, no. Why have, how have you not seen that? Why would Just I? Just accidentally. Well, lucky me. Well, there's still time, I suppose. Well, you, we'll, we'll put it on the curriculum for the. Uh... We'll link it on here. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a show on it. Oh fuck off! We're, <laughs> we're probably gonna have to. I think we've got two Spice Girls albums in the nineties. We're gonna have to do. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And, you know, and that'll be fun. Uh, also, in terms of the video, we'll watch it on YouTube, and there is a comment on the YouTube video. That just says the farm always looked like their mums dressed them. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. The fashion in this is. I mean, it, a it's so bad because it's nineteen ninety. They they made it in. Yeah. B, it's so bad because it's the farm. Yeah. And it's also bad because they are trying to be this kind of proto scally band. You know, it's a, it, but there's the t-shirts tucked in nicely to their trousers. Uh, uh, slicked, hair slicked down to their head. Uh, you know, really gelled down. Um, tight Fred Perry tops. It's true. Go away, boys. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Go they away. should have known better by this point. But obviously, this is the, the uh, image that they were going for. But we'll, right. yeah, we'll link that on the on this week's social medias. Have okay, a look so, at that, mate. Well, look, that's the first four tracks. Yeah. Let's take a brief break now and go to where we uh, take a look at this week's the albums. albums. Absolutely, let's do that. Okay. So what what kind of week have we got here, Chris? Is it a busy one? Is it fuck, mate? This is one of the worst so far. Uh, there are a couple of new entries in the top ten albums, so let's go through that first. At number 10, we've got George Michael's Listen by Prejudice. Number 9, Alita Adams' Circle of One. Number 8 is a new entry. Your favourite. Yeah. And mine, Morrissey, Kill Uncle. Cunt off. Yeah. yeah I, I can't remember. If that might have been his first solo album. Uh, I'm not sure. Don't care. Let's, no, let's not grace that prick with any of our right, time. Right, he's in there. Uh, number 7, Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. 6, Elton John's Best Of. Uh, number 5 is Best of Blondie. Number 4, a new entry, uh, 808 States XL. Okay. And so we talked briefly about them whenever mm-hmm. we looked at... In Your Face single. And I do remember this album coming out. Um, my friend Tim, mm-hmm. shout out to Tim. Up, he, Tim. he had the, this album and I think recorded it for me. And it's got, I mean, it's absolutely got its moment. The singles I think are fantastic. I th- it's got Cubic and Olympic and it's got In Your Face. And there was another single afterwards, which was... The Only Rhyme That Bites. Well, fucking right, mate. I love that. Yes, I Actually, I think that probably is on the album. Probably, they did, must have included that. I would have thought uh, so. But I do remember thinking... It was good, but not great. Okay. It was, you know, it was absolutely one of the first big dance albums, I'm sure, that came through in a very cool way. Enemy would have been behind this, whereas mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been behind a lot of the the cheesier dance stuff, you know, Two Unlimiteds, etc. They were behind the fucking farm. Let's not Oh, totally. But in terms of the, you know, the dance culture they got behind, it was stuff like this. And then Orbital, whenever yeah. they came through, it was that sort of thing. One of the first ones I would say that they probably championed. Uh, actually, speaking of which, then the next one, number three, is the KLF's White Room. Cool. Yeah. Uh, new entry at number three, which is a good high entry for that, especially because it wasn't really an album of any of the singles, was it? It was... I can't remember what was I, on I, it. Well, I, I don't think any of the like the single versions of the singles were on it. Okay. Um, I think they were that much of a dick, you know? 
as you'd expect from the KLF. Sure. And so I suspect people bought it going, oh, well, I liked 3M Eternal. Yeah. But I have a feeling that this was an album of more weird versions of their singles that have been released. So I don't mm. think it was uh, 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 the one that the public were expecting, but it's still got number yeah. three. I mean, I, I mean, I heard this at the time. Mm-hmm. I heard the record. I think I think my mate Lee Vincent had it. Yeah. Someone someone I knew had it. Yeah. Uh, I, I listened to it, I think, at the time, but I've got no memory of it, really. No, this is the thing. Like, I loved the singles. <clears throat> don't remember particularly enjoying this. No, I think it was a bit too nuanced for me at the mm. time, probably. I probably didn't quite get it. No, and maybe it's the sort of thing that if you're off your face on a particular drug, it's amazing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, and then number two is Chris Rea's Auberge. I've heard that. that. Indeed. Uh, and then usually I would say that there are, these are the albums that were released in this time period. But again, this is another one that was only for one week. Yeah. The time period is the 10th to the 16th of March in 1991. And I went through my lists of what was released, and there's actually zero albums that came out apart from this one. Wow. That I have nothing to offer at all. Albums. Well, I mean, look, so far, this is a story of 1991 <laughs> well, to us to a degree. Yes, it? yes, definitely. And if, you, if, you, you know, if you're with us and you're stuck with us and you're getting a bit... Uh, tired of there being some of these records. Trust us, we're with you. Yeah. Um, what we'll say too. is we, we've been having a we had a little production meeting earlier, mm. and there is some really good stuff coming later on in yeah, the second half of '91. Yeah, there are some fucking classics coming through, and yeah, and you know some of them aren't some of them aren't number one albums. But what I think we are going to be doing is we're going to. Uh, we're going to be putting some specials out. I mm-hmm, think we're going mm-hmm. to be doing some. We're, we're going to be doing some specials about some records that we do feel pretty passionate about. Because yeah. you know, uh, as much fun as it is to slag some of these records off, you know, that's not what we not really. What, not why that, we want to do. That's this. not why we want to do it. We want to talk about stuff that we enjoy and we talk about stuff that we love. So, yeah. uh, like, I, I think we might put together a little audio montage of a couple of the uh, of the records Indeed. that we may be speaking about yeah. now. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed that. And I'm looking at Chris is looking at me now like you fucking prick, Dave. <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Look. Well, let's crack back into. Yeah. Indeed. We'll get back into the album. So track number five is called Higher and Higher. It's another. I mean, it's probably a live drama, but it sounds a lot like a machine. Doesn't it? Well, look, this right, this one. I looked up because I, I kind of do a, a sample yeah. search on a lot of these. Yeah. And I was very surprised at this. I didn't recognise it at all, and still don't. I don't know if you will or not. Those fucking pan pipes, though. That's a dreadful idea. That just sounds yeah. like floored up, and mm-hmm. that's never good. Oh my god! It's just. I mean, how do you listen back to that and go, yeah, that's the take I'm going to use? I have no idea. He literally sounds like an animal in distress. <laughs> you know, it's like something's been caught in a trap and it's dying slowly. Yeah. 
and the lyrics are probably for me the worst so far on this album well there's a thing there's a lyric in here that goes I didn't want to sing you a song and I'm like well at last we're on the same yeah. page because I didn't want you to sing this yeah. but a song in inverted commas there I'm just listening to this and I'm going sing in inverted commas this is the biggest selling record of the week yeah fucking how even by our 1991 standards this is fucking awful yeah but I'll tell you why it's because no one had heard this song that's why they're like if if this had been the internet times and you got a sneak preview of some of them no way this would have been number one I mean this is like a, a band that's been together for so, how can no one play yeah th- th- this is this is just a sh- I mentioned it before this is a shit jam this is this is something you put together listen back to the next day and go oh there's probably nothing in that this is not a song no it's absolutely dreadful this offends me on a fundamental... Do you know what, man? I fucking... I I said to you before recording, I struggled... To, I always listened to these albums at least three or four times. You did, yeah. And yeah. I couldn't make it through this more than twice. I could not make it through this record more than twice. This Mate, Twice is, is pretty good going. Look, man, uh, I, at this point, you know, I, I was starting to be like... Oh, is it fucking worth doing this? Right, yeah. You know, should we just change the format yeah. of the podcast? Because I can't. How much of this can we do? No, no, you know? you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I will tell you the sample though for the drums and that little kind of doodle loop bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll play this. I don't know if you'll know it because I must admit this is one of our favourite acts. I don't know this album. I didn't know this was an album. Here we go. So that's obviously there's your sample, and it's like they've just taken the wholesale and based the the beat and that little bit around it. Is it Gangstar? It's Gangstar. Fuck! You can hear it's a pre-made production now. This is off their first album, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I don't know that album at all. I'm aware it exists, but I've never listened to it. Right. It exists in the same way that that fucking first Pantera album does. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Ministry. You know, it's one of the it's, it's a band finding its sound before it. Right, yeah, it was from '89 that album. Yeah, and obviously, I guess this is this is one of the things that Terry Farley has brought. He's brought a little bit of knowledge of that kind of mm-hmm. the, the hip hop culture coming in. He's seen this sample, used it. I would never have if someone had said to me, "Oh, you know, there's a Gangstar sample in that farm album." Not a clue. Yeah, Not no, I mean, clue. when I heard it in isolation, and okay, wow. this sounds like a primo beat. Okay. But not a good one. No, it's not. It, you can tell. I mean, I've again, I've not listened to that Gangstar album at all. That no, I think doesn't I, sound I, like I think, Gangstar. I think I've heard it years ago. Is that right? But uh, you know, I I don't ever think of it in the pantheon of no, Gangstar records. No, absolutely. And I suspect they don't play any of those. Well, they obviously don't today. They don't play any of those songs. But I bet you they didn't play. Nah. Any of the, the stuff off that, whenever they were other no. pick. Much in the same way as you didn't hear much off of the posse when NWA played live. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah, you, you weren't on the Australia Out Compton tour. There wasn't a lot of Arabian Prince. No, funnily enough. In the panic zone, pan panic zone. No. Uh, but th- this, to me, is the low point. Uh, you know, I think this is the worst one so far. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I do as well. Yeah. This is this, this, On the second listen to this, I skipped through this. Right. And it's, yeah, it's four and a half minutes, but. It feels much longer than that whenever you're listening to it. Yeah, it feels more like four and a half is, years. The actual song is done by halfway through. And then what it just song? Keeps, well, it, yeah, true. But it just keeps on going. There, there is the remix of this on the Spotify album, which we're not going to discuss the remixes. Mm-hmm. The remix is much better than this version because there's a James Brown sample in it. That's that. I mean, it just couldn't be any worse. Well, this is very true, actually. 
All right, well, I, I, let's please move on from Track that. six. Yeah, track six, Don't Let Me Down. And this was a single. This was the third and final single from this album. Don't remember that at all. No. House piano. That God, one. I was so... 88 to, like, 92, I was so sick of this house piano. It was everywhere in the chart. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah. A little bit of variation in the breakbeat there. <laughs> Tiny bit, yeah. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> that indie dance shuffle just come back to Holland. I mean, listen to these. Two. This looks like my day to myself. I'd often say the winds of change are here. Don't give up. Don't have any fear. Fuck me. Look, right. Just, just trying to be positive in this one. Like, yeah. I've written. I can see this being fun at a festival uh-huh. if you're obliterated on pills. I've got a little uh, note at the very bottom. I mean, it starts with the word terrible shit. But then I do say that I bet the fans at shows love it because it sounds like a sing-along. The problem for me, across this song particularly, right. and reflecting about none of these songs go anywhere. This is one of the worst examples of that because yeah. there is one verse and one chorus and then they do the same verse mm-hmm. and the same chorus again. They didn't even bother writing a second verse. Nah. I think they got bored. I mean, I, I can see why. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm bored. But the, like, you're right, it doesn't go anywhere at all. There's no sign of songwriting here. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the point is, you know, have a repetitive beat with something that people can dance to sure. solidly, right? Okay. Yeah. And, that's, and, that, and, that's, and that's fine. Um, but it's not memorable. It's not memorable and there is... And there's no drops. No, no, it, it honestly, it sounds to me like they wrote the, the verse one and chorus, forgot to do anything else, it got to release, and they're like, oh, crap, well, can you just repeat that? Just do that bit again mm-hmm. and stick it out as a single. That'll be enough. It's so basic, this. It really is. Yeah, done. Done yeah. with it. Um, the video for this is even oh, worse God. than the video for Groovy Train oh. because, this was, like I said, this is the third one, and they'd obviously had the success with Groovy Train and all together now in the mm-hmm. meantime. So this was the single they were going to drop before the album, just before the album came out. They actually spent a bit of money, and it is... Did they spend it it's wisely? It's so embarrassing. Oh, my God. So the theme that they've gone for is Roman times. Oh, good. Yeah, and so they're all dressed up in togas and gladiator toga, stuff. Toga, And at the beginning, they're all kind of... They pop out of you know behind a wall and go, I am Spartacus, because the album's called Spartacus. They're trying to push that. And someone else comes... Another member of the band, the keyboard, is like, I am Spartacus. And like I said before, they cannot act. They are mm-hmm. embarrassingly awkward to watch. And then Peter Hutton, the singer, he's done up in a kind of a gladiator outfit. He's doing his scally dancing in a in, a, in what is essentially a Roman kilt and miming awfully, just awful, while the rest of the band sort of pretend that they're doing things in the background. It's mind-numbingly bad. And Frankie Hard pops up for some reason. Well, from uh, Pompeii. Well, indeed. I don't know. I suspect that's where the budget went. I would imagine it, it, so. tell you where it didn't go. It didn't go on the blue screen effects. Yeah. I, I got thrown out of my local Tesco Express the other day for swearing. Did you know? I did, yeah. What did you say? I was, I was just swearing in there, but I, I, so I just don't do any business in there. Because the, the local kind of more indie one, they don't, they don't mind it if you swear in there. So I go to my Spartacus. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't see that coming at all. That's blindsided me. <laughs> you cunt. Yep. <laughs> oh, 
Now, I want to make it clear for anyone that's listened to this and knows that I'm a stand-up comedian. I don't do jokes like this in my set. I do these jokes purely to fuck with Christopher because he started it a few episodes ago. Oh, my God. If you go back and listen to our Elton John episode, Christopher started this and I refuse to be beaten. (laughs) I feel physically beaten by that one. You should. Well, I I hope you're happy with yourself, Fensom. That's woken waffles up and he doesn't look happy. (laughs) No. Surprising. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, well, I can't. No, I've got nothing else. Um, Track seven. No, no, wait, hold on. Oh, you got more? I'm not sure. Have I? Surely you haven't. Oh no, no. I just the lyrics again in this. Don't ever let them get you down. Don't ever let them push you around. That is directly out of the, your first ever songbook. Oh man, I, I mean, I I would have never allowed that in any song that I no. wrote. No. Uh, okay, and I wrote and that a song was called the VD song. Um, <laughs> You're a poet, my friend. Woke up the other morning, face down in some sick, with a motherfucking headache and a pain in my dick. I woke down on my groin. It was worse than I thought. Got some fucking fungus growing on my scrot. Medicine cabinet, quick as can be. Poured on half a gallon of TCP. It burned like hell, but did nothing else. The thing is growing bigger while I've worked my shelf. Amazing. When I searched my shelf, oh, and, then oh. it, and then it had like a little course, but it went, it had irritations, lacerations, treated by creams and vaccinations. Yeah, I've had it all, but it just got worse. Afflicted by a throbbing green pus looking cuss. What? Um, wow. I'm 16. I know. Well, and that's your excuse. These guys aren't. Yeah. Yeah. However, that's still probably better than anything we've heard on here of so far. Of course it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shite. Total shite. Do uh, we move on? If anyone wants to remix that, by the way. I wish, <laughs> I wish we had that kind of listenership. <laughs> oh, Collis listens. I'm fucking Collis. Collis. <laughs> I was in bands with Collis. He's used to my shit. Yeah, anyway, right. Um, all right, track number seven. Family yeah. of Man. Right. Jingly jangly. This is proper su- jingle, isn't it? Yeah. Substone Roses. Yeah. There's something, whenever the, the the main guitar like riff comes in here, it reminds me of something, I'm not sure what it is. I mean, that just sounds like some roses again. But this bit here. Oh, it's um, Since You've Been Gone. Oh, it probably is, you know. I had yeah. my Sharona, but I think it's Since You've Been Gone, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Join the family of man, Mr. Policeman. Yeah, what the fuck, man? This is mate. It, he's got a, he's got a big tall hat, a big black hat. What, Mate, what's that about? Look, as anti-law enforcement screeds go, this isn't exactly fuck the police, is it? It really is not. I no. mean, it's not even the bit about riding horses in fucking. Officer, your officer from overseer. You need a little clarity. Check, Check the, the similarity. similarity. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. They both ride horses. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's. Look, crap. I've written down water down since you've been gone. Right, uh, yeah. With a tone deaf scouser cunting on. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, isn't it? It really is. I mean, the guitar solo in this is fucking dog shit as it, well. It it's like Fisher happened. Price, my first guitar solo. Right, yeah. Because there haven't been guitar solos. This is not an album for that. It's not an album of guitar solos, right? And then whenever this one came in, I was like, oh shit, why have you thought this was a good idea all of a sudden? I mean, I was in garage bands in the early 90s yeah. under the shadow of. Of uh, grunge, and I heard this solo from every band in the okay. scene. It's that it's that I've been playing guitar a couple of things, and I, I feel like I can do a solo, and you fucking can't. No, it's awful. Do you know what I mean? You don't. You know, you you know enough to bend some fucking notes, mm. and it's like, oh mate, it's bad. Yeah. 
not a band before that at all. So I don't know why they've tried. Ah, uh, again, just this one it's yeah it's i mean the whole kind of sixth form poetry join the family of man mr policeman yeah uh you know why are you being so uh you know why are you being such a a man that enforces the law why don't you just be with the people man yeah it's like mate live a fucking live a week without them see see how liverpool gets on yeah yeah everyone's gonna have stolen your shit mate i'm just sorry like fucking boris johnson at this point yeah yeah no i mean i mean you really you should cut the fucking you should cut that out yeah. See how Liverpool gets on. <laughs> Fucking says the man from Belfast. <laughs> so the man whose whose home city is about to be engulfed in sectarian violence yeah. again. Back to the good old days. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, this was another one because this is a re-recording of uh they originally put this out on the B side of Stepping Stone the previous yeah. year. And then this is a re-recording of that. And this is another prime example of basically a dance producer coming in and just smacking a, a dance beat over it yeah. and not worrying whether it works or whether it fits or anything like that. Just going, there you go. There's another layer. That'll do. Send it off to the pressing plant. I mean, that's the least of its problems. Though, oh, it's also fair. a bad song. It's a terrible oh, song. And, and like you said, lyrics is just... I mean, lyrics oh, and I, sentiment. I, I, it's, I keep saying it. I feel bad keep saying that the lyrics are bad, but they are all the way through terrible. It's, it sounds like it's written by that man who does the uh, does the fuck the tile freestyle in that uh, video. Sound, sounds like a DJ smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sounds like oh. a DJ smile. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's a good fun, that one. Fuck the tile. I'm the man who goes the mile. Quality. It's fucking brilliant. The thing is, you know as well that I am not primarily a lyrics person when it comes to music. I yeah. am the beats, the baseline, that sort of thing. You're much more of a, a lyrics person than I am. I mean, to a degree, yeah. A, but, but more than I am. Yeah, for sure. So the fact that I'm having such issues with the lyrics just shows it must be but they're worse bad. Than I mean, yeah, but they're they're they're, they're beyond risible. Mm. They're uh, you know, they stand out as particularly bad I mean they're, they're, they're cringeworthy uh, yeah embarrassing exactly. they, it's embarrassing I feel awkward listening to it and going oh no is that really what you've done you've I mean are they still doing album? these songs live they are. well I don't know how many of the songs they are still performing they just played at uh, that in Nebworth at some sort of 90s indie revival thing they supported is this the shine on they, they do that's coming up they do the shine on ones I think this one was called Cool Britannia uh, they supported Madness in August on a couple of dates. So they've obviously still got the Suggs connection. They're still in there. And so they're still playing. I don't know if they do, you know, all this. But here's the other thing, right? This was their, let's say their fifth album. But it was realistically their first because it's the only one that people yeah. give a shit about. This one's straight in at number one. In at number one. And then, you know, for one week only, fell down. Their second album didn't even make top 75. Nice. Didn't make a ripple. Third album didn't make top 75. And then they broke up in 94 or something. Well, good. It's like, how do you go from being flavour of the month to the degree that you get a number one album? Yeah. How do you fuck it up so badly that you don't even make fucking top 75? Yeah. You know, I look down, whenever we do our album rundowns, I look down the 75s to see if anything's come out that, that week. And there's terrible nonsense in there. Yeah. You know, it was fucking... Enough is enough. That sort of stuff makes it in. Mm-hmm. The Farm's second album didn't make 75. Well, that's because people bought this one. Yeah. Well, it's, that's the thing. It must be. Once bitten. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. But it also means that whenever they play live, surely they don't play anything off albums two or three. 
I mean, I don't know, man. No, no, I, no, no. Let's let's talk about the singles, man. I'm just talking yeah, about anything. Let's get that away isn't from this. the farm for one second. Okay, so yeah, let's do the top ten singles. Okay, so this week, and again, we've only got one week, so but there's actually quite a few, uh, well, some changes and a load of releases that are worth mentioning. So we've got some stuff to go on here. Uh, number ten this week is Nomads. I want to give you devotion. We've seen that a few times. Number nine is Quartz featuring Dina Carroll. It's too late, mm. which I'm not going to bother playing because it's dull as fuck. Is that, it's too late, baby. baby. Yeah, it's that yeah. one. Ugh. With a really insipid, uh, slow beat behind it. Anyway, number eight, though. Um, yeah, we've talked about these a couple of times. Hello, you fool. I, I love, love you. you. Number eight, bit of rock set. Oh, this is a tune. I, yeah, and I did not like this at the time. Oh, I did. Didn't at all. I, uh, something, something within me, I think I was starting to get too cool. And I was like, oh, Are you asking photos of you around that yeah, time? No. You were definitely too cool. <laughs> I, I, was, I was determined that this was not for me. No. Even though you can't fuck with that as a tune. That's a good, tune. catchy fun. That's number eight. Uh, number seven, Expansions Move Your Body. Number six, Stevie B, Because I Love You, The Postman Song. Number five, The Source, You Got the Love. Number four, Madonna's Crazy For You. Three, Simpsons, Do The Bartman. Two, Hail and Pace and the Stonkers, the Stonk, moved up to number two. Did you see our friend John Myers posting <laughs> yes, about that? I did. Got it. Got it before I did. Yeah. He's so disgusted with himself. <laughs> Good. He, he literally he sent me a he sent me a, a WhatsApp that just said you cunt. Oh. <laughs> Magic. I think he posted that on our Facebook page, and I said I can only apologise. He refused to accept that apology. Yeah, fair enough. I'm man. seeing him tomorrow night at a McCluskey gig, and I'm going to t- discuss nothing except the stonk. Nice, wicked. All night. Yeah, just sing the lyrics at him. Yeah. <laughs> Ruin his night. Oh, I've only had time to get a t shirt printed up. Yeah, just while they're about to play uh, Lightsaber Cocksucking Blues, just kind of <laughs> just start whispering the lyrics in his ear. Stick a red nose on your conk. <laughs> uh, and num- number one this week is The Clash. Should I stay or should I go? There you go. That's what we've got. That's top ten. So there's a couple of new ones, but okay. not not a lot of movement. But new releases. New releases, right? Uh, new releases or kind of just outside the ten. Number twelve. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you recognise this, because I wouldn't have got it. I'm pretty sure this was all over MTV at the time. I do know what this is. I was totally unaware at the time as well. Terrence from Derby? No. Who the fuck is it? Living Colour. Oh, fuck, yeah, because it is. Yeah, Love Rears. Love, 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 fuck, say that's what it is. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't have got oh, that at no. all, mate. Sorry, I'm fucking... I'm so annoyed for that. Of course it fucking is. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you know this um, one. I just don't know this one. Uh, well, so. There's so many people that I know that will give me a hard time about that as well. I was, I was going to say. Yeah, fucking, mate. Uh, fucking Loving Colour was such a great band as well. Such an I, underrated I, band, I, Loving Colour. I was just never in. Uh, go back and listen. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. What record. was their other big one? There was like, uh, this one and another one which is a bit more kind um, of upbeat. Wasn't yeah, it? fuck. What's it called? Oh my God, my brain is fucking gone. What's what I right in front of me? Oh, Cult of Personality. Cult of Personality, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Cult of Personality, what a tune. Yeah, that no, that, I, well. I do know that one. That's a, that's a great tune. But there you go. So that's number uh, 12 this week. So that's a, for a band I don't remember anything about at the time. 
they must have had a decent enough following mm-hmm. in the UK. Oh, in yeah, 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 they were doing well, man. They, were, yeah? they toured big, yeah. Did they support uh, Faith No More? Yeah. Right. Okay, so yeah, they're doing well. And number 13. And you get this straight away. Massive attack. Absolutely. Massive attacks. Unfinished Simply, number 13. Uh, peaked at 13. In at, in at 13 and then started dropping back down the charts. Yeah. Never got higher than that in the singles. Which is kind of strange because it's such an influential song. I mean, it's such a big one of that time. But well, blue, So when's Blue Lines coming out? A couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, Blue Lines is out a couple of weeks after this. Right. Yeah, indeed. And again, it was never a number one album, which is weird. No, it wouldn't have been, though. It was the album that made them, but it was, it yeah. was a it was a, it was was a a bubbling under for a long time. Long tail on that record. No, yeah, d- definitely. And it has tendrils everywhere from then on out. And, you know, everyone cites it as a shift in without in, a doubt in, in a I mean, and it from absolutely was you yeah know? i mean you know we, we've we've talked a little bit about you know the wild bunch and their, their yeah. reach before you know i mean obviously starting a few years earlier with uh like cameron and cameron mcveigh and uh, raw like sushi being a massive worldwide mm. hit absolutely um yeah so yeah interesting times yeah well indeed well blue lines was obviously the crystallization of those years of coming together mm-hmm. and Again, I didn't really know it at the time. I knew Unfinished Sympathy, and I remember um, I remember Safe From Harm coming out. Uh, but I wasn't that into the album when it came out that year. I, I missed it. It passed me by to a great I'll be honest with you. Like, Blue Lions was never a massive record for me, mm. per se. Um, it was it was a gateway into into Tricky and Portishead. Right, sure, a couple of years down tr- tr- Yeah, Tricky and Portishead, those were those big records for me and then mezzanine oh oh absolutely oh absolutely mezzanine. but it's it's it is interesting that we were into hip-hop we we're listening to hip-hop in 91 and blue lines has mm. so much of a hip-hop influence in there and then started to influence other people in terms of production but it did it passed me by but for, the, for the thing time. is as well you know i mean i was you know once i was into nwa and public enemy yeah it kind of, i went through that period it had to be hardcore okay right it yeah. had to be hardcore you know i mean i was listening to two live crew as sure, well right? Right. and you know i know i you know two like i always recognized two live crew for what it was which was novelty totally right you know but i was you know i was, but I was, thir- I was 13 14 yeah, yeah yeah talking about you know talking about sex that i most certainly wouldn't be having for some time <laughs> yeah, indeed but, you know, I mean, it, it, there was a level of kind of hardcore credibility. I wasn't necessarily what's hap- that interested in what's happening in England at that time because this see, whole other right. world had opened up of, like, you know, kind of South Central and I was learning about, you know, just finding out about that. So it seemed so cartoonish and so interesting. Mm. So this whole, like, kind of other landscape. And, you know, there was there was so much coming out of there and it was so difficult to find if you were in, like, you know, kind of provincial England. Yeah. You know, just to try and tap into that and just get going glimpses of it where you were, you know, the stuff that was happening in front of me wasn't necessarily that interesting. No, that makes sense. Okay. It was there and it was a landmark for a lot of people, but I guess not necessarily for you. But I mean, me. I, you know, but uh, I remember, I, you know, I remember liking Unfinished Sympathy when oh, it I came it was out. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 yeah and like I said, and I re- Safe from Harm as well. I remember Safe from Harm coming out. I remember liking it, but because it's obviously a much kind of gentler and slower one, I, I pro- probably went. Oh, that's more of what Massive Attack are like. I'll leave that for the time being because all this other shit's. Yeah, yeah. Into. Sorry, I'm completely forgetting Protection as well. Prote- oh, yeah, it was a great album, totally. But yeah, this, this one over my head. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I've been, you know, as LJ Defunct would say, uh, retrospectively. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And it's, we, we discussed doing a whole, you know, show on Blue Lines because there's a lot to dissect in it. And it's, 
its legacy. Yeah. It really is. But we'll I, see. I, I'll admit that I didn't know enough at all at the time about it. So no, no, no. To, it, it, I mean, yeah. yeah, me either. Yeah. Uh, number 40. So we have 12, 12 was Living Colour. 13 is Massive Attack. Number 14 is Ride with their Today Forever EP. Yeah, never a band for me, Ride. No, no. I mean, it's not my sound. And I've never, you know, I know that they're, I, I, you know, I know that if that was your sound, they were like the, oh, kind uh, of the Holy were, Grail band. Yeah, sure. People love that. I don't really remember that EP um, I in mu- terms of music. I remember it being in shops because the front cover is just the open mouth of a great white shark. Yeah, I was going to say that must fuck with you. Yeah. Absolutely. If, for anyone that doesn't know, Christopher is terrified of sharks. Yeah. So if you find him on social media, don't to <laughs> tag him into yeah, your no, photos yeah. of sharks. But uh, that's that's my re- recollection of that one, rather than the music. Yeah. That one. Uh, number 19 is REM's Losing My Religion, which we're going to be talking about in much more depth next week. Cool. When we do our What time. a song that is. That's oh, amazing. Number 38 is LL Cool J's Around the Way Girl. That's a great tune. I did not know LL Cool J at this time because... What I remember of LL Cool J was "I Need Love," and I went, "Oh, that's terrible." I oh, see. Like I was all in at this, yeah. Because yeah, what, what, uh, Mum said, "Knock you out." The album oh, came out last year. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's had good shit, but it totally passed me by. I oh, know this album at I was, this point. must have nearly made my list last year. It didn't make my list. I'm surprised. Mm. I, maybe I should have had that on my list for last year because that is a great record. I right. loved that at the time. Yeah, but um, it, it, that was 38 for that single anyway. Uh, I'd say number 37, just in front of it, is Vixen with Not a Minute Too Soon. Yeah, well, Who knows? <laughs> couldn't uh, tell you. Shout out Chris Green. <laughs> yeah, indeed. He gets so annoyed with me shouting out <laughs> Vixen Terrible shit. Sorry, mate. I shout out Louise as well. Shout out Louise. Um, number 52 is Digital Underground with the same song. Okay. My mate Robert had put a couple of tunes on a tape for me, Digital Underground. I was like, they're okay, but they did sound a bit novelty to me. Looking back now, I'm more into them. Yeah. Uh, uh, do what you like. Uh, um, humpty hum. Yeah, exactly. I just thought they sounded a bit kind of cartoony. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I know what you mean. But yeah, in there's an argument to be made, no digital underground, no ultramagnetics. Well, indeed. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I enjoyed them. I didn't think much of it at the time. Yeah. And I, I don't remember this one coming out. I don't remember all. I don't remember that track. But yeah, yeah I... I, 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 I Embrace Digital Underground after the fact. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, number 68, and I don't remember this, but Curve, the Blindfold EP. So they must have been starting to, you know, release some stuff. Curve were a, a big-ish indie band the next oh, I, year. I saw Curve live. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Like in... Supporting someone or... No, no, I went to see him. Someone I worked with at HMV oh, back right, in yeah. the 90s had tickets, so I went with them. Nice, good fun? Uh, it was all right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I left before the end, but oh, it was... All right, well, yeah. this is so March 91, the Blindfold EP. That must have been one of their first, mm. one of the early releases, anyway. Uh, the next one, going to be of interest to nobody except for Cy Sharp, is Cud with Magic, which peaked at number 80 this nice. week. Uh, and again, that must be one of their very first ones as well. Then we have, I remember whenever we did uh, the Jesus Jones one, and we talked about Soho, and I said, Can you name any other Soho single? Yeah. Uh, none of us could, obviously. Well, what we were missing was. Love Generation, which peaked at number 85 okay. this week. Um, and I guess it must have been the follow-up to Hippie Chick, because this is the first time I've seen them since. Mm. And uh, last. And I'm betting last. Peaked at 85. I mean, they're probably not even getting booked for the shine the on shine. weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. And then the last one I've got is peaking at number 91 is Sepultura's Under Siege. Nice. Yeah. And that must have been fucking early for them, 91. Um, this is the one. Is it first album? I mean, they're one of those bands that had 
stuff earlier than you think. Is that right? Yeah, they, I mean, like, I mean, I've, I mean, their discography has got a bunch of stuff in it that you've never heard okay. of. Okay, well, but, yeah, including that single. I mean, they had to. They've put a lot of stuff out before they got out of Brazil. Do you know what I mean? No, oh, that would make sense, I suppose. Yeah. Uno, then. dos, tres, quad. Right. Anyways, that's all I got for singles, though. But there's quite a bit this week in singles. Thankfully, no albums. So thankfully, we've got quite a few singles. It bounces out a little bit. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. It's all right. That's not bad. All right. Let's hit the home straight then, homeboy. All right. Track number eight. Uh, tell the story. Okay. So we're in folk song territory here. They're bongos. Yeah. You know, this isn't... This at least sounds like a song. Right. You know, this is... This is in the same territory as... You know, this is like Billy Bragg, Frank Turner okay. territory. You know? Okay, yeah. People's folk songs. That, that, that backing vocal sounds folky, doesn't it? That yeah. harmony. Yeah. Lunky lyrics again. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm more forgiving of them in this context. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, this song goes absolutely nowhere. No, that's fair. It goes absolutely nowhere, but it is by far one of the minor offences on this record. Oh, I see. Right, so you're like coming I mean, I, from a place of at least it's not as bad as some of the rest. Yeah, I'm right? damning it with faint praise, yeah, sure. but it, but it, it sounds like a song that they've taken some time and put together. Right, okay. Uh I don't like it particularly, no. uh, but it's not as bad as some of the stuff that's just got I a fucking right. attacked on. But it's very well-meaning. Again, I, I mean, everything is well-meaning. Well yeah, this, 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 their hearts in the right place. Yeah. They just can't write a song. But this one is about seeing the city that you live in and you, you're in love with fall into ruin, with you know buildings starting to close and stuff just finishing. Yeah, you know, childhood mm. parks closing down, whatever it is, this sort of shit. Uh, but I can't, I can't feel their passion for it because I think this is a pretty passionless song. And again, lyrics like "You wait for the day; it must come soon to get you away from your feelings of gloom." There's no real hope, and there's none on its way. You only survive from day to day. It's just such a yeah. So it's just like a fucking Doctor Zeus had had depression. Yeah, it really is. So I can't get excited about it at all. No, God, no. I mean, and, and if anything in what I said there conveyed excitement, then right, no. I apologise. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's not what you're trying to do. No. Track nine. Track nine. Very emotional. Follow up to So Emotional by Whitney Houston. <laughs> I mean, wait till this fucking vocal comes in. I'd rather not, but yeah. It's a fucking proper wazzy as well as... as uh, People were wont to say in the day. More piano. That is one of the wackiest scratches I've heard as well. That's terrible. Alright, yeah. Oh god. So what we've got here is Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> With the same listless indie dance beat, fucking lamest version of house, yeah. with these fucking dog shit guitars. Yep. 
the same whiny fucking vocal, but just in a different fucking square dancey time. Mm. This is dog shit. It's terrible. It's terrible. It, uh, there's, it is as if after... If, you know those memes where you go, I made a computer listen to, you know, a thousand hours of uh, Lord of the Rings and he wrote a script. Yeah. If someone had made a computer listen to the rest of the farm album, and then press the button going, create a new farm song. That's what we've got. Yeah. Uh, Rubbish. Yeah. Um, I keep saying it. The lyrics really annoy me on this. You make me happy. You make me smile. I want to be with you all the while. Like, oh, that's terrible. And then the chorus is just very, very, very emotional. Don't you ever go away. Stay free, stay free, stay free all of your days. It's Mate, just Look, I mean, punch me in the face instead of saying this. I mean, but as well, that doesn't make sense. It's like, don't ever go away. Stay with me, but also remain free. Yeah. One or the other, mate. Well, quite. One or the other. This is, this is one of the least romantic love songs I've it's, ever heard. It's toxic masculinity is worst. No. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> You're right. Waffles has just uh, turned. He's just lying square on his back. <laughs> dick out. He's having a lovely time. Hello, mate. You right. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, right. Well, last song, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we just need to get this. What's done. this one called? Well, this is the the oh, big, yeah. big single. This is all together now. And this was the second single. This was released uh, just before Christmas in 1990, and it got to number four. Okay, and and this was the one. This this is about this is about the Christmas truce in the Second World War, exactly. First World War, sorry. First World War, 1940. About where you know, kind of. And look, this is the only good song on this record. I don't like this song. I uh, see. I think this is great. Do you? I remember you saying before we started, before we even talked about doing yeah. this. This was the one that you remember better. Yeah. Like us liking. I remember this coming out and not liking it. Right, fair enough. Yeah. See, for me, I, I just feel like the rest of this record sounds like they they're trying to write this song. Right. And it's the studio outtakes of them trying to write this song. Okay. This is the one thing where they get those pieces of the sound together. It all comes together. It's got a good sentiment. It's got a big chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's uh, and, and it's a proper it's, anthemic. Yeah, it's a sing along, chant along. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is, you know, uh, I, and I thought this is this is why I went. I, I said to myself, no, I don't think the way I feel about Groovy Train is because of the way I feel about the first three tracks. Because I'd gone through all of this album and I heard this, I and know. I went, oh no, this is still a good song. Oh, this is objectively, this is I can I, I can see why. Because I, I presume this single was out before this album came out. Absolutely, this was yeah. The single was out in uh, December ninety, and the album came out. Yeah. In March. See, I can see why if you were into this song, you might go, "Let's check this album out." Because because well, I can see if you, like you, you can be. I could see being really into this song. Well, I was going to say this to me shows more than a lot of. Uh, well, no, it probably is indicative of a lot of the albums we've done. But this is another uh, proponent of singles selling an album before you've heard anything else the singles sell the album because if the public had heard other stuff mm-hmm. this would not have been a number one album oh, well, this but is the thing, if, this you, is... if you've had Groovy Train 
and this mm-hmm. two bit uh, number six and number four so the public were into it they released the other one it only got to fucking 30 or something but the album was directly after it and then the album's a hit <clears throat> i think that is prime examples of having singles on the radio and it sells your album but let's talk about this and to where it's led us in music mm-hmm. okay just culturally because this is this is I think an important touchstone into th- this is part of what the problem was mm-hmm. because the mu- this is an example of the music industry not giving a fuck. Absolutely. Well, they have right? it for the balls. Well, absolutely. Because the thing, that was the thing, you know, you get a couple of hit singles, you sold an album, an album cost however many thousands of pounds it cost to, to produce, which you, the, uh, the record company didn't have to bear because that was all on the artist. Yep. Okay. That was all in the advance. And then a CD cost fucking like six p to produce, yeah. And you sold it for at this time what fifteen pounds? Uh, fourteen, fifteen, yeah. Fourteen, fifteen pounds, yeah. right? So you know, the amount of times that people got fucking burnt by exactly this kind of sharp Straight practice. Up. Straight up for years. Okay, and that's why, like, as soon as people got a chance to fight back, they did. Yeah, that's why piracy took off in such a big way because. Everybody has, you know, multiple stories of yeah. going, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to be, oh, the singles are the only good things on here, and the rest yeah. is beyond terrible. And, you know, and, and now we're in a situation um, where, unless you're a legacy act yeah. or or from a background where you've got enough money or you get the very unlikely thing of really getting hooked up, you mm. it's so much more difficult to forge... A career now, you know, we're in a situation where you know, and I, I know our musician mates are all up in arms about the amount of royalties it's possible to get from Spotify. Oh, yeah. People aren't being paid, but you know, we've got to remember the industry did it to itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you worked in the music industry. Oh, totally, and it was you could see it coming a mile away. And, you know, we went through that thing. I mean, there was there was that moment where loads of our friends and the people that we knew, people we knew at festivals were employed by the music industry. And over a two-year period, none of those jobs existed anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was that quick, wasn't it? It, it was, was, absolutely. Back end of the 90s, early 2000s, it just disappeared. I'd, I'd, I'd say more in the 2000s. I'd say that the bigger sea change. It absolutely yeah. started whenever you could download a song off Livewire, mm-hmm. or LimeWire, rather, whatever. Um, rather than go out to a shop and have to buy an album, yeah. But yeah, it's just it totally flipped everything. It's interesting, we'll, and we'll see we'll see where it goes. I mean, uh, interestingly, that tool record being number one, fucking everywhere. Yeah. I think that yeah. says quite a lot, actually. That's well, sure. But anyway, right. Let's let's not dwell on that. But so anyway, look, we're okay. Well, th- I'm I, I just feel my reasons for not liking this. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's I think it's saccharine. I think uh, it's. Uh, Oh, but it's based on that whatever canon, uh, Pachelbel's, Pachelbel's canon and gig in D major. It's based on that, which is a very nice uh, piece of classical music, but I think it's an insipid sound to it. And I don't like the keyboard sound that comes in as well. Uh, that bit, it just annoys me, the whole sound of that. And while it is absolutely, it's about a nice thing and it's saying, yeah, you know, people came together from both sides of the trenches and on Christmas and yeah. the football match. It sounds like a oh, fucking hell, mate. Yeah, but this is cod that feel good crap. That I, I, I I don't get on with. I I don't know. I think I think uh, other people. I, I, do I, I, I don't know version. if I don't know if I go that. I think that that overall sentiment all together now in yeah. no man's land. Yeah, that's you know that's the right side of pop music profound for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it depends. How much depth do you want from your pop music? Oh, I don't need it at all. Don't need it at all. But if you're going to try and do a song with meaning about an event that, you know, is such a, a resonant event for a lot of people, I think this bland and lifeless version of it is not the way to go. I see. I, I don't find this bland and lifeless. I, I, yeah. I find this the most epic song on the record. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, epic is far too big a word for it. Mm. But in terms of its ambition and its scale, right? Okay. And I think more than anything, the the various um, components, the dance music component, the indie rock component, the songwriting, yeah. all of that stuff kind of fits together nicely. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I th- you know, I think this is a perfectly. I mean, I'll give you that it's, it's obviously catchy because if you say to me at any point, can you sing the chorus from mm-hmm. All the Other Night? Yes, I can. It's an easy one. I can just pick it out. And but it doesn't make me happy. I mean, it's by far and away the best vocal on the album. Yeah, it's the most in tune he's been. This, uh, this also, it turns out, right, from looking into this, this is another re-recording of an old song. Um, it was released as No Man's Land in 1983 for appeal session, right? And again, it's a very different sound that it used to be. So I'll play a bit of this. This is the original no Man's Land. Oh, that's one of the worst things I've ever heard. <laughs> that's awful. Oh, I don't mind this. Well, this—I mean, this just sounds—this just sounds like new wave funk. Yes, it does, absolutely. But that, no, that 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 merging yeah. of the, oh, that right. merging of the of the. Oh, I see. From the horns into. That's yeah. fucking awful. See, this has got a bit of balls and a bit of bite, in the in the way that altogether now to me doesn't. Well, I mean, I just I just don't think you can compare those two songs. No, they're two different songs. You know, that's you know, that's kind of sounds like eating rifles. Do you know what I mean? Sure, it's, yeah. But it's just it, it brought it home to me that they had done this and then they decided to do the altogether now version for the album, and mm. that just disappoints me because that sounds to me like a more interesting song. And then they just dumbed it down. Uh, I think. Well, I'm, I'm surprised we're as far apart on this song as we are. Mm. Uh, I, uh, you know that that does surprise me. I, I was ex- I was expecting you to be I like, oh yeah, here's. I, I see. But um, yeah, fair enough though. Yeah. Uh, look, well, this is going to make it difficult for the final choice, isn't it? Though, yeah, isn't it? Okay, so I mean, look, right. I, I think that's a good way to end this record. But I am absolutely staggered that this was number one. Like, me too. In a yeah. way that I'm not staggered that. I mean, I don't know at this moment in time. At this moment in time, I don't know if this is possibly a worse record than the Enigma record. I see. But Mm. I I still think the Enigma one is worse for its pretensions. Okay, yeah. Right? And for the fact there isn't a song on the Enigma album that I like. Yeah. Whereas there is a song on this one that I like. Okay, sure. Um, But... Yeah. But it is it's stultifying. I mean, I what I can't believe is I can't believe that this was number one. No, and we I, I guess we've just discussed at some length why it was. Yeah, exactly. It, and it, it pulled it, the wool over people's eyes. But I mean, can you imagine? I, I wonder how many times this was returned in the second week. Yeah, true. I wonder how many people took this back the next week and were like, "Oh, this is scratched, mate." <laughs> yeah, that looks that looks an awful lot like it's been scratched with a Stanley knife. <laughs> Quite. I did that in the past. Is that right? Oh yeah, I scratched CDs with a knife and yeah, went, "Oh, sorry, it's a scratch." Took it back. 
taped it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I guess I mean we've got to put one song on the complaint. I'm sh- I'm presuming it's just going to oh, be one. It's going to be one. I mean, yeah. Um, it, there's nothing we agree on. It can't be hearts and minds for right. me. Okay. See, that's the one that I would have gone. That's probably the one I dislike least. Uh, no, I hate. I don't no, like. You that didn't at like it at all. Uh, how long I would uh, is better for me than that one. But you oh, didn't like that one at all. I hate sweet inspiration. Yeah, no, awful. Groovy Train, you didn't like at all. No, I don't. Uh, higher and Higher is awful. Don't Let Me Down is awful. Yeah. Family Man's bullshit. Yeah. Maybe we should have done the remix. It's fucking hell. Um, tell the story. Tell the story is, is clunky as fuck. Yeah. Very emotional. It's terrible. Terrible. And I, all, I don't like it altogether now. Right. All right. It's, it's all t- basically, it's all together now or Groovy Train. Yeah. And it's a flip of a coin. Absolutely flip it. All right. Right. Hang on. I've got a coin in my pocket. Two pound coin. Uh, so he- right, do, we'll do heads, groovy train, tails, yep. all together. Now, okay, I'm going to flip it onto this book. It is tails, tails, all together. Now, there you go. Now. There you go. Right. Thank fuck for that. I won. Uh, <laughs> I won. I won. All together. Now. Right. Okay. Well, that was another fucking slog, man. Yeah. Uh, next week's looking better though. Next week, no, absolutely. We're, we're actually going to start into uh, a few really good good ones so next week we're doing REMs out of time nice which I loved at the time uh, I, I hope it's as good whenever I go back to it because I've not listened to the whole album in yeah I, I haven't listened to this album Absolutely since is. it came out right so I'm, I've got good good feeling mm-hmm. um, and then like you say we might do a couple of specials we've got some good releases coming up that aren't number ones and the rest of the year there's decent stuff throughout so I think we're out of the initial slump of 91 yeah yeah we really I think it's, it's going to be golden from here on in well, let's hope so. Yeah. Wicked. All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us here this week. If you've got any feedback, as always, uh, get in touch on the social medias. You'll hear that on the outro in mm-hmm. Krista Greer's golden tones. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you for being here. And I've been Dave Fensum. I've been Krista Greer. I've been Ruffles the Dog. See you later. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com. 